The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. like to turn with me please in your Bibles to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 11. John 11, and I'm reading through verses 17 through to 27. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? she said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come now to this time around your word together. We pray again that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher that we would have indeed ears to hear the glorious truth that Jesus indeed is the resurrection and the life. And that, Lord, in the midst of this truth and in the knowledge of this truth, Lord, it would cause us much joy in our hearts, knowing that as we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we ourselves experience that same resurrection and life in and through him. Amen. Well, that's the title of our message this morning, Raised to Life, here in uh, the Gospel of John. We're going to be uh, exploring that a little bit uh, a little bit uh, in detail. But before we get to that, I want to uh, uh, tell you about a, uh, and you might be familiar with this, do you remember back in 1989, there was a Tiananmen Square incident in China, in Beijing, where the Chinese military had actually fired on unarmed pro-democracy demonstrators, killing and wounding several thousand of them. The day after that, a lone figure was filmed standing in front of a column of tanks. I've got the photo up there for you on the screen. You know, this man bravely stood in protest against the brutal and oppressive political and military regime of the Chinese Communist Party. And as the lead tank manoeuvred to pass by the man, he repeatedly moved to stand in its way. 
He became known on the, on the, in the media and in newspapers as the tank man. And he, uh, his heroic and courageous stand against an overwhelming power is considered to be one of the most iconic uh, confrontations in recent history. But amidst his bravery, though, this man was eventually escorted away, most likely imprisoned and possibly even executed. We don't know. We never know what happened to him. You know, folks, political and military oppression are just some of the of the many uh, human and en- uh, sorry, the many enemies of human freedom and peace in our world today. I mean, right now, you know, for the last twelve months, we've been in the grip of a global pandemic, a virus that has, in many ways, brought life to a standstill, and a, and, and one which is wreaking untold economic and social devastation in countless countries around the globe. It has been both directly and indirectly the cause of, of the deaths of thousands, probably even tens of thousands of people. And up until now, we have seemed somewhat powerless to halt its spread. And now the hope of millions across the globe are focused on several vaccines, which experts believe will bring an end to the devastation and the chaos that we find ourselves in. And I expect that in time, we will return to a, a new normal and the lockdowns and the restrictions which we experience will, will hopefully be a thing of the past, at least until the next thing arrives. You know, man's ingenuity and, and his resourcefulness has provided and will continue to provide the means by which we can overcome all kinds of challenges and, and, uh, and trials and difficulties that we face in this life. Yet there is one enemy that we can never, ever hope to overcome as much as we try. That enemy is death. No matter what fitness regimes we employ, no matter what special diets we follow, no matter what medical achievements and accomplishments we make, we can guarantee that eventually every single one of us will die. It is inescapable. For each and every one of us here in this room today, for each and every one of us who are, who are watching online today, there will come a time in our lives where our life will end. We will cease to walk the face of this earth. You know, we have people who have offered us hope in all kinds of human suffering and hardship, yet what we desperately need is someone who can offer us hope in the face of death. And that is why today, today of all days, is so significant because Easter Sunday is all about finding such a hope in the midst of death. And that hope is found only in Jesus. And so as I said, to help us explore this a bit today, we're going to be looking at an event that is recorded for us here in John's Gospel an account of Jesus' life and ministry in first century Israel where Jesus was confronted by death itself in in the death of a man called Lazarus. And in John 11, Jesus makes an extraordinary claim about himself. In John 11, 25, he says, he says to this, this woman called Martha, 
Martha was, was Lazarus's sister. He had two sisters, Martha and Mary. You can read about them in the Gospels. They were a family who was very close to Jesus. Jesus was very good friends with this family. And this, Lazarus has died. Jesus, you know, Martha goes out to, to, to meet Jesus as Jesus travels to Bethany. He, she goes out to meet him and Jesus says these words to her. You see, she says to him, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. You know, Martha is saying, Lord, if you'd have come soon, if you'd have got here before Lazarus had died, I know, Lord, that you would have the power, you would have had the power to heal him there and then. But for Martha, it kind of just seems as though Jesus has come too late. He's come onto the scene much too late, and, and now all hope is gone. And Jesus says to her, Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha says, well, yeah, I know, Lord, that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha's thinking about this, this time way off in the future sometime where the, where the, the judgment day comes and, uh, and everyone will be raised to, to stand before the judgment throne of God. And, and Jesus says, Martha, I, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. See, what Jesus is saying here is that for the one who believes in him, the one who puts their faith and trust in him, death shall not have the final say. Before we look at this in more detail, though, I want to just explore just very quickly what the Bible has to say to us about death. Because, folks, the death of human beings was not something that was a part of God's original design for his perfect creation. In fact, mankind was created for life, not death. You know, there when God first created, you know, made all things and, and, and he placed the man and woman, the, the first human beings there in the Garden of Eden, access was granted to them by God to the tree of life as well as to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God warned his creatures not to eat of this tree or they would surely die, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mankind was given the choice. Obey God and enjoy the goodness and the, and, and the goodness of his presence and the life that is found only in him or reject him and walk away from him. Reject him and be separated from these things. We know as we read there in Genesis chapter 3 that they chose to reject God. Bible refers to this as sin because folks, sin is us choosing to follow our own ways and to reject God and his ways. And when we do that, we suffer the consequences of our choice, just like Adam and Eve. Separation from God and the life that is found only in him. And the sin of these first human beings corrupted God's perfect creation. And we have been affected by it ever since. It's like a, a computer virus, if you like. It corrupts the whole system. And all of humanity, every single one of us, is infected with the result that we all die. Another apostle, Apostle Paul, writes about this in his letter to the church in Rome, where he says in Romans 5 that death entered the world through sin, through man's disobedience to God, and so... Death spread to all men because all men sinned. 
See, we all, when given the choice, choose to deny God and his rightful rule over us. And Paul sums it up in Romans 6.23 where he says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like sin and death hold a power over all of humanity that none of us can defeat on our own. And the fact that we all die is evidence of the fact that each and every one of us are guilty of sin and we are powerless to help ourselves. We cannot avoid death. And God could have left us in our rebellion towards him. He could have just let us have our way and just forget all about us. But in his love, he chose to send a rescuer, Jesus Christ. And it is through Jesus alone that we can have hope, even in the midst of death. It is the same hope that Jesus speaks of here to Martha in John 11. See, Martha and her sister Mary, they were heartbroken. They were heartbroken because their brother Lazarus had died. And they said word to their good friend Jesus, expecting him to come and heal Lazarus. But we read in John 11:5 that Jesus deliberately arrived too late. Verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he had heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Doesn't seem right, does it? But as we read on later into that passage, we see that Jesus' purpose in arriving late was so that his disciples would have their belief in him strengthened. We see that in verse 14. And that the glory of God would be seen by all. We see that in verse 4. See, by the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And Jewish belief around that time was that, if, you know, that, that when a person died, the person's kind of soul or spirit, if you like, kind of just hovered around. It hung around for about three days. But after three days, that was it. It, it, it went. And that person, there was no hope for them, no chance of life at all. And so in leaving it this late, Jesus was allowing death to have its ultimate hold, to affect its full power on Lazarus. But Jesus says to Martha that her brother will rise again. And Jesus declares that in him, that he is the resurrection and the life. In other words, he alone, he is the means by which anyone, anyone can be raised from the dead and have eternal life through faith and trust in him. And to prove that he has the power over death, Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus is buried and he calls for the stone at the entrance to be removed. Look at verse 30, uh, 36 with me there. 38, I should say. Then Jesus deeply moved again. You know, that, uh, that's twice in this passage that it says that Jesus was deeply moved. It says it back uh, previously there in verse 34. Sorry, verse 33, he was deeply moved. 
that word that uh, word deeply moved is uh, um, carries with it the image of a of a a horse that's snorting out of its nostrils. It's kind of like this this rage, this this anger that uh, that we get sometimes. You know, when people sort of get in that real angry, that real sort of angry kind of uh, sort of um, attitude that, that this 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 snorting that kind of comes from. That's the kind of mess, the, the image we get of Jesus here. Jesus, he sees the 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 the, the horrible effect that death has people. He sees that the death is in fact an enemy of human beings. And Jesus is so deeply moved within his spirit as he goes to do battle with, with death there at this at the tomb of Lazarus. See folks, you know Jesus Jesus understands the power and the destruction and the devastation that death brings upon people, but not just physical death, but more so spiritual death. A death that, 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 that separates us eternally from God and from, from his goodness and from the life that is found only in him. And Jesus is overcome with anger at this death. And he goes to do battle deeply moved in his spirit and he comes to the tomb and it was a, a cave and it says that it, with a stone laid against it and Jesus says take away the stone what's Martha's reaction well we see in her reaction that she certainly wasn't expecting Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead even though Jesus has said your brother will rise again Martha says Lord there will be an odour or in the, KJ, the King James Version, which I think puts it so poetically or marvellously, Lord, by this time he stinketh. Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he, because he's been dead four days. But Jesus says to her, Did I not tell you, Martha, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus prays, and then he says... He cries out, Lazarus, come out. And we read that Lazarus comes forth from the tomb, still bound by the linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And what happens? The dead man obeys and comes out. And folks, this is a, a picture of, of, the, of, of Jesus who says that he is the resurrection and the life, that he is the only one with the power and authority to grant resurrection to dead people. But not just physical resurrection, but spiritual life, spiritual resurrection, folks, which is the thing that we need to grasp today, the most important thing that we all need today in our lives is spiritual life. And that life can only come through the one who is the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ. The the raising of Lazarus is meant to show us that Jesus alone, Jesus alone has the power over death and that he alone is the giver of eternal life. 
Jesus raising Lazarus was meant to make the people include the, the people here, but including us as we read this account in John's gospel to help us believe that Jesus is who he said he was, God in the flesh. The one who himself is the one who's able to give life and life to all who come to him and who trust in him alone as their saviour. Folks, this account also is meant to show us that ultimately we are all like Lazarus because unless Jesus intervenes, we are all under the power of sin and death, a power that will mean that we will indeed be separated from God forever, destined to an eternity of suffering and torment. Like I said, our physical death is only part of the story because unless, unless our sins are dealt with before our life on this earth is over, we can never hope to be with God or enjoy any part of his eternal kingdom. Our eternal destiny, folks, does not hinge on how good or bad we try to be or, or you know, how good or bad we are. But what it hinges on is whether or not we are true—we are either spiritually dead or we are spiritually alive. In John chapter three, Jesus says to the, the religious teacher Nicodemus that we, you know, for a person to, to, to have this, this this eternal life, this life with God, we first must be born again by the Spirit of God. We need to be born again to be part of God's family. That spiritual birth can only occur when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and receive his Holy Spirit. And that all rests upon what Jesus accomplished on the cross on Good Friday and through his resurrection on Easter Sunday. On Good Friday, we looked at Jesus' death on the cross and we saw that in his death, he, the righteous one, suffered in the place of us, the unrighteous ones. He traded his perfect sinless life for our sinful lives. He took upon himself the punishment we deserved. He bore God's just punishment in our place, which meant that he had to die. But in doing this, he satisfied the righteous demands of God's justice. And the sins of all who put their trust in him as saviour are paid for there on the cross. And folks, Jesus willingly suffered and died because of his love for you and me. And having died, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, he rose victorious from the grave. How do we, what are we seeing? Up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes and over our greatest foe, death. Death could not hold him because he indeed is the sinless God, the one who is the resurrection and the life. And having died the death we deserve for our sin, Jesus is now able to offer all who believe in him eternal life. And that's why he's able to say to Martha that whoever believes in him, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone that lives and believes in me shall never die spiritually. Folks, physical death 
It's really for the believer just a doorway into the eternal presence of our Lord. I've stood on this platform on many occasions conducting the funerals of, of brothers and sisters in the Lord. And it is, it is at these times that we can confidently, confidently and assuredly proclaim that although their physical body is you know, maybe in a casket, you know, is that, 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 that is not them. They are now in the presence of God, rejoicing in His goodness and in the life that is theirs through faith in Jesus Christ. As one commentator said, he said, when I die, do not believe that I am dead, he said, because I will be more fully alive than I have ever been. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Death does not have the final say for anyone who believes in Jesus. You know, when Jesus was hanging there on the cross there on Good Friday, he said to the repentant thief who, had been, who was being crucified next to him, he said, today, today, this day, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus could say that because he knows that through his death, he was able to conquer it completely, not just himself, but for all who put their trust in that's why the Apostle Paul, reflecting on Jesus' death and resurrection and its impact on all who believe, can confidently exclaim in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? It's gone. It's been taken away. You know, and folks, today as Christians, as we gather here in this place and as our brothers and sisters gather all around the world, folks, we should be absolutely rejoicing in our hearts and in our lives today because of the knowledge that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, has risen from the dead and in Him we too are guaranteed that eternal life. And that eternal life doesn't start at some point in the future. That eternal life starts now. It is now because we are in Christ, because He is the resurrection and the life. We ourselves uh, have the resurrection and the life right now, right here, today. Do we believe this? Do we live in, the, in, the, in the, the joy and the knowledge of that? Is it a message that we need to get out there to our world today? Because, folks, I've been, this, just this last week, I've been reflecting again on, on what it means for a person to die not knowing Jesus as their Savior. And, folks, it has brought me to tears knowing that they will go into an eternity where suffering and torment will never, ever end. Where they will be separated from the love and the goodness and the kindness and the mercy and the grace of God. And the only hope that people have is Jesus and we have got the good news so you know this, this, this ad has been playing just recently on the TV about and it has to do with, with violence against women and it's, it says to unmute yourself have you seen that ad folks as Christians we need to unmute ourselves for the gospel 
We cannot be people who remain silent because people's eternal destiny depends upon it. Jesus has conquered both sin and death and all who believe in him shall never die. You know, John writes his gospel with the express purpose of wanting people to believe that Jesus is indeed God in the flesh and that eternal life is found only in him. And today, Easter Sunday, is meant to remind us that Jesus is alive today reigning on high and anyone who believes in him can receive forgiveness for their sins, be reconciled to God and have eternal life. Folks, the resurrection life is a life that indeed we are all Takers in. Our spirits have been made alive to God. We've been adopted into His eternal family. We have the assurance of God's abiding presence through His Spirit. We have the confidence that God is with us and for us in all of life's joys and struggles. And we have the great expectation of knowing that the best is yet to come. What glorious promises are ours in Jesus Christ. Amen. truly desire to have life in all its fullness, the life that continues even after death, then we must submit ourselves to the one who is the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ. And my prayer today is that in light of that, our words will be the same as Martha's. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are indeed the resurrection and the life and that in you we too can have life abundantly and eternally. Lord, may the message of the gospel ring out not just today being Easter Sunday, but may it ring out in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, day after day after day, Lord, as we walk in the light of the knowledge that Jesus has indeed conquered sin and death for us and that we, as we walk with him, can be conquerors in him and through him. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.